Hi. Thanks for coming. Hey, girl. Thanks for coming. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming. My name is Seth. Hey, it's Jamal. And I'm a big, sexy baby. Hey, baby. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> Just kidding, Stony. <laughs> oh my God, I thought it was Eureka O'Hara here for a second. Hey, Queen. Thanks I don't for have enough, enough twang for Eureka. <laughs> um, well, did everyone have a great rootin' tootin' week? Because I've got to tell you, Man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys do anything fun? Uh, well, I've just been digesting Baychella, Beachella all week, so... Baychella, girl. It's been a fabulous week. Do you want to tell us how your week's been from ground zero on on Sunday Saturday night when I got a text oh my gosh at 11 30 p.m. from our friend Elizabeth um, <laughs> yes and uh, she's like are y'all in Los Angeles you're in Seattle I'm in Indianapolis at a crisp 1 45 a.m. my first alarm went off <laughs> alerting me that it was almost time and then I think it was like 2 15 when she finally went on and I started off in bed getting my life silently Oh, mm-hmm. it's just so great. All and of it. Stoney was like, please go away. I was just, I woke up <laughs> in the middle of the night and Jamal's just like watching like Bay just like going crazy. Yeah, she was just <laughs> serving me everything I needed. And I'm just, just like, can I go to sleep, please? <laughs> <laughs> I just have this image of you like waking up and Jamal's like over the corner like wearing like these giant heels and like whipping a weave around and like stomping all over the floor and you're just like can you go downstairs it's not that glamorous at one it wasn't that glamorous hey I had the wind machine in my vision of Jamal so I just want you to remember that I had the wind machine for you Jamal listen at one point I got some kind of weird ass cramp like in my chest like in my side just real awkward it's probably just all the excitement of what was happening on my screen but I had to come downstairs and watch the rest and I was getting text messages from everybody and I was not exiting the video <laughs> feed so I had to open my MacBook Hell no. to jump into the texting uh, and then I got on Twitter and just joined the hive and just lost my mind Girl, I was loving Twitter. Like the Matrix or something. Twitter was lit. The show was not over until 4 a.m. I stayed up for the whole thing, mm. and I did not go back to sleep till 6 a.m. Wow. Yeah, it, it was... I mean, it was a real show, you know? Like, I don't think I ever really know going into a Beyonce performance what I should expect, mm-hmm. but... It was just crazy, a giant rafter with a whole, you know, mar- her whole backing music was a marching band, yes. the whole two and a half hours. This whole That's thing crazy. was just like the biggest HBCU homecoming rally on stage. Just all the references to blackness she dropped in there. Malcolm X, Nina Simone, just, you know, Hell I yeah. can go on. She just dripped it all and she gave it to the people for free at home. We had the best seats. Mm-hmm. Those angles. We did. <laughs> oh my gosh. We didn't have to be there. Those videos were just everything. Was it in like 4K HD? Yes, I saw yeah. every strand of that golden weave. Do you hear me? 
Yeah. I could feel Beyonce spitting all over my face. And she brought out Destiny's <laughs> Child. So she broke it down with Solange. Oh my gosh. Just wigs snatched. Yeah, girl. See, you know what? About, about this performance I thought was really cool is, you know, it was definitely a very, like, celebrate celebration for black culture and heritage yes, it was. and as s- someone from the outside that doesn't necessarily understand all the references to me it's like Beyonce's like okay this is about being black and what that means but you guys are all still welcome to be here and enjoy the show basically that's so it doesn't exactly feel right. like you're really excluded no no that's exactly right she's just sharing with you who she is and she's reached a point in her career where she can just be 110 percent with the people and that's what she's doing definitely and i really I, I don't know i was like i just felt like i was a the whole show i was like i felt like i was seeing an experience and i felt like i was a part of something bigger than myself i don't know it was just really cool uh, it was just amazing every time i see a beyonce show i just spend the next few hours of my life figuring out what i should do with it yeah you're like <laughs> i i was like i don't know if i can go asleep beyonce didn't technically say the concert was over i mean she's not on stage but maybe she's coming back or something and then you I have to know. stay up like the extra time too because you don't know if she's gonna drop a surprise album or if there's gonna be like oh this performance is now on sale this this very moment go buy it right and i would have that performance needs to be on sale. I need like to watch that like every moment of my life. Like I feel like I have to live my life on edge because I'm like, do we need to sell our house because Beyonce <laughs> is going on tour? Like it's gotten to the point where I'm scared. Yeah. Jamal's Listen. like, we're gonna be homeless now. I gotta go see Beyonce. No, I was in formation for the formation tour. I know better. You save what now? We save a little each month, and then when those tickets go on sale, it's no problem. But now we're going to see her and her yes, shitty girl. husband, who I don't care about. Like, why are we giving him coins? <laughs> Listen, if Beyonce <laughs> is willing to move on, I'm going to try my best to do the same. But you know I'm not going to go up for him like I would her, even though I can sing every but Jay-Z we song. are, though. It's because I can't miss the queen, and Blue Ivy said I need to come, so I'm going. Whatever Blue Ivy says happens, you know. So you gotta just, you know, follow what she says. Yeah, Jesus it was Christ. in the newsletter, so I have to be there. <laughs> she is. <laughs> well, how was your week, Seth? Oh, my week was good. I went to um to record store day this morning. Nice. And um guess what I bought and what I didn't need. <laughs> Which one? You have so um, many. I know. Um, so I bought, uh, the, it's a, a, I think it's a seven inch, but it's of Sufjan Stevens, all his songs from the Call Me By Your Name movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's basically his, just his three songs from the movie, but it has, you know, like the mo- like the actors and stuff on the cover. Okay. And so it's I was kind like, of okay, like a collector's does- item as well. It is, yeah, because I was like, I got the full soundtrack, girl, so it's like, do I really need this? But, uh, yes, I do. I need it. Sorry. I need everything. Call me by your name. (laughs) It's all part of being a fan. I support that purchase. It is. (laughs) Um, So that was good. Then I went to to breakfast afterwards with my friend Kara, and I got a nice, um, well, a new breakfast drink that isn't your typical alcoholic, like mimosa Uh or whatever that you'd get. 
So I got what was called a matcha tata. Matcha tata. Matcha tea. This sounds fun. Yeah, girl. It was coconut milk with matcha tea and vanilla and rum. Oh, that wow. That sounds really good. Only in Seattle. I like matcha already. (laughs) So good. I need to take you guys to have that next time you're here. Only the hipsters in Seattle would make an alcoholic dream with matcha tea in it. (laughs) Listen, Doug, girl. I want to try it. That sounds delicious. It was amazing so i like had to get another one too (laughs) yeah i was listening to our episode last week and i was like damn i was a hot mess like i need to be sober for this week's episode (laughs) we were turned there was a lot going on last week it only took us like an hour to get to the episode (laughs) i think the same thing is happening now um so i'm gonna go ahead and start talking about a couple newsworthy stories what have we got well, I think the first one we obviously have to talk about that everyone's talking about is this Robbie Turner story. Yes, I need to know the deets, girl. <laughs> I know Stoney knows some. I don't think Jamal was following this story quite I yet. have no clue what's happening here. So basically what happened was, I think it started sometime last week, and it starts with a, a tweet from Robbie saying, oh, I don't know what happened last night. Like, I just woke up in my bed and my uber driver's dead what (laughs) yeah okay i know that part but i now i'm confused because this is all i know like i don't get it so basically the story that and then like i think he tweeted something else and was like oh i saw the car coming and i closed my eyes for a couple seconds and it happened and then i woke up and i don't know I guess was like somehow woke up in her own bed. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, is the Zodiac killer back? Is that what this means? Well, so everyone's like, oh, Robbie, I'm so sorry. Like, that must be so traumatizing for you. Like, like, like probably Robbie had a concussion, supposedly. That is trippy. So everyone's like, yeah. So then as time goes on, people, you know, the news outlets are reaching out to Uber and to the Seattle Police Department and like, you know, is there any accidents uh, like that, you know, that would be around this time, mm. you know, involving this sort of scenario. And neither Uber had not heard of any of their Uber drivers dying that night oh my gosh. in a car accident. And none of them, uh, none of the, the police department people have any reports of any accident like that happening. Oh, great. So oh. the public opinion is that Robbie made up this story about this uber accident and the driver dying and i don't understand and then now also the update is i think actually this must have all broken on well it kind of broke but then led up to thursday which Uh is the night that robbie typically hosts the rupaul's drag race viewing party at queer bar Mm -hmm. And it was announced that morning that Robbie Turner would be taking a break as entertainment director at Queer Bar to focus on herself. What? Like mental health or something. Oh, no. So, like, so clearly everybody is just like, which side of this do we fall on? Is it Robbie or did this really happen? I mean, it sounds like fake news, like Robbie made it up. Because it does you, sound like fake news. Wouldn't you wake up in a hospital after something like that, you know? 
Right. It's like, wouldn't you be in a hospital? Like, being examined. How did you get to your own house? Right. Yeah. In your bed. Yeah. If if the accident was really that bad, and like, the police would be questioning about the drive. Was your Uber driver drunk? Was you know blah blah blah. Yeah, you know, all you'd that be sort in of stuff. Heavy interviews. Yeah. So it was. It's. It was a little confusing, and so everyone's like just basically calling Robbie on her shit, Uh-oh. and so I actually saved a couple. Um, a couple of my favorite tweets from this uh-huh. to come out of this. Uh-oh. Um, what are the people saying? <laughs> the first one that I liked um, was from Tranica Rex. Oh, I know who this and is. I love her. <laughs> um, her tweet was, sorry I'm late. My Uber driver died at Stonewall. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, no. Darian Lake res- responded uh, to that. Thing. to say? <laughs> Darian said, mine crashed into the basement of the Alamo. <laughs> okay, okay. She'll get a snap I for like that. that. She'll get a snap for that. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I liked another one that from Kim Chi, because, you know, of course, she's on top of it. Um, oh, Kim Chi knows everyone's business. She, she does. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> um, and her tweet was, sad to think I was living while an imaginary driver was dying. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Shady Queens. I know. And then my the last one I wanted to share was from Meatball from season one of Dragula, because <laughs> she's also really funny too. Um, and hers was my Twitter was hacked by my Uber driver. Sorry about asking for all your nudes. That was my Uber driver. He's dead now. <laughs> my account was hacked, y'all. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was like really crazy. Jeez, I, I imagine she'll be laying low for a while. I would think so. I was like, is she gonna go to DragCon? Like, what's going on? Here? Like, log off. Don't I think she tweet, just needs don't to Facebook. Don't yeah. Blink, snap, whatever that's else. Probably a good call. Just like focus on yourself for a while because that's not a good look, girl. Not at all. No. So that was a hot mess this week. Um, so then the other like sort of shorter story that I wanted to talk about was some drama. Well, not res- not necessarily the drama between the Vixen and Charlie Hydes. Oh my gosh, what's going on with this? I've caught pieces of this. Wait, Charlie Hydes and who? The Vixen. Oh. The Vixen. Of course. So I don't really, I don't know if there's more to the story, but I just basically saw this interaction that was Charlie Hyde's basically congratulating the Vixen on her win, I think because she won the um the mini challenge, I think. Mm-hmm. And so then Charlie Hyde's congratulated her. And then the Vixen's response was a screenshot of one of Ra- uh, Charlie Hyde's Facebook posts in which... She was basically like, the Vixen said she came to fight. Well, you can't get mad. Blah, 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 blah. Oh so basically, gosh. it was like a post of Charlie Hyde's like shitting all over the Vixen. So the Vixen was like, couldn't even accept her like congratulations. She was like, in this that's new, all discredited here. Yeah, here. in this new moment, she couldn't even say like, thank you, girl. The Vixen is the yeah. worst. Like, I don't even understand <laughs> She's anymore. She's just so aggravating. Like, okay, I sure. I have mixed feelings. Like... Charlie said this about you, but guess what? The entire internet are saying the same things about you. Are you going to do this to every single person that gives you some kind of feedback or shares their opinion? It's their right. You know, you could still do you like you said you want to. So keep doing that. 
I saw <laughs> I saw something else too at the Vixen where a fan like had commented like girl I love you the Vixen but like you need to work on your attitude like it's just looking really bad and like Vixen responded and was just like girl this isn't a Yelp review I don't need your like feedback <laughs> could you imagine like if she won the competition and like she after every interview this is what it would be well that's not what I really said and yeah here's this interview that you did with this person like are okay come on girl it would be like a version of Tyra basically <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like I have mixed feelings about her because we did get to see a little bit of her backstory and a little bit of reasoning behind her attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, we can get into this a little bit later when we talk about some some drama that arose. Mm-hmm. But as far as the story, it's like, wouldn't you want someone to turn around and come around to your side and be like, oh, girl, you killed it. Like, good job. Wouldn't yeah. you rather someone do that than yeah. just be like, you suck, you suck, you suck all the time? Yeah, seriously. I would, um, I mean, you've got to have positive, excuse me, you've got to have positive feedback. And also, like, the Vixen needs to realize this is a TV show. People are going to watch the TV show and let their opinions be known. Like, that's the purpose of this. Like, just because somebody's critical about the show, like, doesn't necessarily mean, like, everyone hates you and that you need to defend yourself. Like just realize like that's part of the commentary right like when the show airs like people are going to like let others know what their opinion is Mm -hmm. so get over it and this was really annoying this season is so they're all acting a fool on the show and then now the show's over so they're each week after each episode all these people on the show they're like please don't um you know come after this queen please don't do this everyone it's just a tv show it's just a tv show it's just a tv show Mm -hmm. blah 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 and it's like okay girl if you didn't want people to react this way then you need to present yourself correctly on television yeah or this is what this is fifi's whole thing you know she got supposedly a bad a bad edit but people don't buy that as an excuse because she said what she said mm-hmm. so so these for these queens they can't just be acting a fool and being bullies on tv and right. then expect us to not like have opinions about it right and you know true fans they it's a fine line with celebrity because they're humans too but you know when people are fans and they're watching a show like this the majority of us do care about a person's well-being and it's just like you're approaching them in what you think is a friendly way online but you know they're not going to take it you know the way you're presenting it it's it's hit or miss right and the vixen clearly she Mm -hmm. can't see the rosier side of comments like that (laughs) definitely not um so so that i don't know that was kind of annoying and they're all like oh well i'm not gonna toler i'm not gonna do gigs with people that are hateful towards my season 10 sisters and actually i forgot who said that specifically but i think it was in response to nebraska thunderfucks tweet saying that the vixen was basically the donald trump of drag But um, but yeah, I don't like I don't like how they're being all PC now after they're being all like shady Judies on on TV. Yeah, I'm sure the internet will continue to call everybody out. Yeah, 
I think they're just yeah. trying to combat <laughs> it with positivity, and that's great. But you know, eventually you've got to like be Valentina. real. Valentina. <laughs> <laughs> I love Valentina. <laughs> Go away, trash. <laughs> All Stars 4, girl. She'll oh be there. Gosh. All Stars 48. Along with Miss Fangie. Miss <laughs> Fangie. <laughs> she loves on. Oh, gosh. Um. All right. So let's get into the show. We start, you know, Dusty Ray Bottoms has been eliminated. Thanks for coming, girl. Yeah, it was Bye. fun, Dusty. Jeez. Bye. And then um, Asia starts talking about how she feels used after helping all of the queens last week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that was like I would have been caught off guard if I were one of the girls because you don't have to help me or, you know, obviously you put your looks first. I'm just asking you for help and you are saying yes. Yeah. And I, I was I agreed with Mayhem's like you offered and I said thank you you yeah. know it's like what else do you want right. I agree <laughs> I think that was like Asia's fault basically like that was nice of you to help but you gotta focus on yourself first mm-hmm. right this is a competition mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not RuPaul's best friends race yes yeah I think maybe she was just a little embarrassed and felt quote unquote used but um, right no, especially in front of her idol Tisha Oh, mm -hmm. Tisha Campbell. Tisha Campbell. So, you know, Asia keeps going on and on and on. And the Ms. Cracker's like, just has to like stop her. It's like, hold on a second, girl. (laughs) It's like, we would all help you if you asked for help or if you wanted help. You know, she just comes off as strong and they don't think she needs help. So maybe she needs to ask for help. Yeah. And not, you know. I liked Ms. Cracker for for you know, speaking up and saying that in that moment, Mm -hmm. because it's like, you can ask for help and, you know, we all do what we can if within our means, you know, I, uh, (laughs) I actually kind of agreed with the Vixen's response though. She's like, do you know, this is a competition. Like I have sisters (laughs) already, you know, (laughs) and I was like, I could relate to that though because I was like when people are acting a fool in my life, it's like, I have enough friends, you know, I don't need to deal with this. (laughs) <laughs> like you're gone mm-hmm. bye <laughs> yeah hit the erase eject button eject i've definitely ejected a few friends yeah that's definitely the, the undertone in a competition setting but you know i think these later seasons they've seen old older rupaul's drag race seasons and they try to be a strong sisterhood but the reality hits mm-hmm. that it is a competition and I will take your help, and, you know, I might not offer you help, but thank you, girl. Mm -mm. (laughs) Thanks for your help, queen. Thanks for coming. (laughs) You know, Asia says now oh, that she's in a different mindset Uh and that she's focused on the competition now and that everyone should be worried. Yeah. And this was also the first week the Vixen was in the bottom three. Is that a coincidence to anybody else? Hmm. Am I reaching? Oh, Asia being in the bottom three? I didn't know. I thought she was safe. No, the Vixen was in the bottom oh. three because the Asia because Asia stopped helping. Oh. Um, the big in Asia. That you know. might be true. I didn't think about that. Girl, because Asia might have like know. cinched the waist for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she needed to cinch that waist though, girl. Like at least a little yeah, bit. Yeah, being plank thin isn't enough. No, <laughs> I was gonna say we've learned that 
time and time again from like Adore Delano and Violet Tchotchke, like all these people, like just kind of mm-hmm. what the difference a censure can make for you. Yeah, yeah, especially Violet Tchotchke, geez. Ugh. That is unnatural. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, now we're back in the workroom. Mm-hmm. The vixen starts to talk about what went down between her and Eureka. Oh, yeah. And she says that Eureka came for her hard, at, um, you know, as if she didn't come back equally as hard. And she talks about how Eureka needs lots of attention. It's like, um, you do know this is a show about drag queens. <laughs> like, everyone wants the most attention. Everyone, right. That's the sh- point of the show, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you're not getting the attention you think you deserve, then do something entertaining. The Vixen's response is just very like, you know, when people are, they want to act like they don't care about somebody or a situation, but they just have to keep talking about it. And that's yeah. kind of how I felt here. It's like, oh, girl, like, why don't you just, like, talk about something else? Like, you're still talking about Eureka. And Aquaria and Ms. Cracker yeah. and, and the like, list all goes these people. On. So it's, yeah, so it's like, is she is the Vixen just, like, really actually insecure about her drag or just in general? That was my read. I think she's just, you know, out of her element and she just may be threatened by, you know, there are other strong people here and she doesn't really know how to process that. Right. Because I think the Vixen came in with her new personality of calling people out and challenging people. And she thought she was going to be the HBIC. And she's like not (laughs) yeah yeah she's fully not people what happened was eureka got under her skin when she stood up to her and that's why she's kind of yeah the way she is in this moment you're like she's still gonna talk about her but in her head she's like you know it's me against the world still it is and you know she says you know instead of being a mature adult she's going to ignore eureka to drive her crazy Mm -hmm. I was just petty. I was like, girl, bye. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, if I was Eureka, I would be super happy to not have to deal with the Vixen's problematic shit. I do enjoy a petty moment, but if you want to be petty with something like this Vixen, ignoring is like the least effective tact- <laughs> tactic to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you know what happened in the span of less than an episode? You two are freaking talking. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you really held out there, Vixen. Good job. <laughs> Um, so then we move into the mini challenge where we're doing military drag out of a duffel bag. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this was like another quick weave mini challenge and the girls had to put on like camo looks, right? Mm -hmm. They were given supplies from the pit crew. (laughs) Yes. Um, so they go and start to work on it, on their outfits. And immediately the vixen starts yelling this awkward, I guess you would call it a rap, um, about how she's the best oh, like and everyone else is basic. Cheer she was doing. Yeah, that was yeah. stupid. I just don't I, like her. <laughs> I felt the entirety of America just eye roll when she was doing that. Didn't you like, feel it? Like you can just feel the shifts. <laughs> yeah, I was like, girl, you ain't all that. Like, you need to stop. <laughs> You're embarrassing yourself. Ugh, but then, of course, she turns it out and she like wins this challenge. Sort of. I guess she turned it out. I didn't think her look was that strong necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> she never does a strong look for t- for her like mini challenges. Yeah, with her makeup and anything. Yeah, I did like the construction of her outfit compared to some of the other ladies. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she's. 
I, I'm annoyed with her, but I'm going to give her, her her flowers. And can we also talk about how basically Aquaria came out as Sharon Needles doing Sharon Needles in, a, in military drag? <laughs> yeah, that did yeah. remind me of Sharon Needles. That was kind of crazy. That was the read we got when we were both watching it in the moment. <laughs> I think she was trying to remind us that Sharon Needles is her drag mom again. Oh, yeah. I, I always forget that. that. Yeah. I was like, it wasn't like... It, that look... I love Sharon Needles, so I loved her look. Uh-huh. But had her look not basically been Sharon Needles, I don't think it was that strong. Mm, like it should have been more her. Yeah. I think it should have been more more. It was her. like too copycat. Like, yeah. Yeah. She lost herself trying to do someone Mm -hmm. else. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe like what who did you guys think the top top queens were for you in this mini challenge? I actually liked Eureka's. Yeah, I thought Eureka's was fun. Um I did like the shape of the Vixens, I will say that. Um gosh, who else? I liked Blair's a lot. I thought hers was good. Um, I didn't necessarily understand her like Pocahontas ponytail thing that was going on, <laughs> but I mean, it was a solid look, you know, I thought Monet was, was good. Uh, I liked Monique. I did like Monet's little, little coat thing, her cape thing she had yeah. going on. I thought Monique was good. Yeah. I remember liking Monique I Monique's thought it was a little too well. much. She's always got so much going on. You know, I know yeah. she doesn't edit. That's the problem. Yeah. She's just got to edit it down a smidge, and she's gonna be on point. Yeah, I mean, it was like a little much with like the the grenade earrings and all the other stuff hanging off her face. You know, it was just like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. It was in her. T- it was like, but it all together, it did look like a cohesive look. Yeah, she. Um, I think Monique's probably one of my favorites of the season. I like Monique. I do too. I think the worst for this challenge was probably Cameron Michaels. The worst for this one? Yeah. It was too, um, I don't know, basic. Butch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like bro She was like, <laughs> yeah, it looked like a frat dude trying to do drag, basically. <laughs> I don't know. So, the Vixen one, I don't necessarily agree, but I don't think there was a lot of <laughs> like great other contenders. So, no. it's like... Who- I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so because the Vixen won, she gets to choose the pairs for the main challenge of the Bossy Rossi show. Yes, we love this challenge so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do, you, do you think that they picked the Vixen to win just so we would get shady pairings of the queens? I thought that actually because I know. was like, her look really wasn't that great. But you know how, like, Rue's show is. Like, I'm sure they were, like, trying to manufacture the drama. So it totally makes sense that they would do that. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah, except the Vixen, like, missed the beat with the pairs. Yeah, I think it's her hilarious. Works, it worked against her. <laughs> it did. That was so funny. I was hoping it would, too. Whenever, I like, in any would. season, whenever something like this happens where someone's trying to be shady when they do the pairings and, and then it backfires yeah. them, I'm, like, always living for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was, too. Immediately, I was like, oh, this is not going to work. So she uh-uh. she paired up with Asia, Yes. And then we had Miss Cracker and Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it was Blair and Monique. Asia? Monique. Yeah. Or no, it was Blair. Yeah. 
Blair Monique. Yeah, Blair and Monique and Aquarius. Yeah. And then, you know, we get to see a little bit of them getting ready. Um, the Vixen and Asia start to plan their segment. Immediately, Asia, or um, I'm sorry, immediately the Vixen asks Asia, what does she think of the pairings? Because she's so proud of herself for being shady. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> she, it's like, girl. She's just bored, honestly. You know, it's not shocking. Like, this is, it's to be expected with somebody with this, um level of attitude and maturity she's trying so hard to have a storyline this season that stands out i'm just waiting for her breakthrough because this little act she's putting on i'm just tired she's like the charade of drag race yeah i don't that must be a a real housewives (laughs) joke i don't understand yes that is is. (laughs) i'm I'm getting the hang of this you guys That is the um, correct franchise. <laughs> I got it right, you guys. Um, and then Asia suggests for their parent for their skit of like copycats that they're gonna be Aquaria and Cracker. Oh yeah, they're gonna play up the whole drama of you know Miss um, Cracker stealing allegedly um, Aquaria's looks back in New York. So they're gonna do this for themselves. Which they didn't really yeah. do it though, right? Like they I... no, they didn't. <laughs> it didn't really, it didn't even translate at all. They were like going to ask Monique what clubs Aquaria performed at, and then like didn't even mention any of that stuff at all. Yeah, I was mm. like, I was disappointed. I was too. Like, if you're gonna be dramatic, then fully do it. But... They definitely dropped the ball. Like, it just seemed unrehearsed. So I'm sure they had so much they wanted to do, but they didn't practice. Yeah, and it's like, girl, why? How are you not going to practice? It's an acting challenge, <laughs> right? Jeez, especially acting challenge. I know. Improv, and, really. You know, Asia. Yeah, yeah. Asia says that they're going to get in trouble, but the vixen says, "Oh well, who's going to fight me? Who's going to fight me?" <laughs> Eureka! You know, typical vixen response. <laughs> she's she's just got a lot to prove. We're just going to let her keep at it. It's like with the Vixen, I feel like she's already made it clear that she'll go to 10 so quickly just so people won't start drama with her. Mm-hmm. So that now she has this reputation so she can basically be a bully to these other queens. So they'll just leave her alone and then she can focus on her looks and what she's doing each week for drag race yeah it's all a shabby defense mechanism and it's kind of a shame because i feel like at this point she's almost discredited her argument where everyone was basically like praising the vixen for her social justice like Mm -hmm. optics bringing that to the front it's like well now it's like you're just it's like seems like it's more it was more of a strategy but you're trying to gift wrapped it mm-hmm. and i'm like where's the receipt i want to return this it doesn't fit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah she's just a roller coaster with the vixen i can't handle it i can't <laughs> <laughs> and then uh now we go see monet and cameron getting t- you know prepared and cameron is struggling to think of like anything like just to make two thoughts connect at all i was very worried for cameron because you know monet is is funny naturally like that's part of her gig it's part of she's got a big comedic personality and Cameron, I think, you know, in this moment, I was like, oh, no, don't go home yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, does, like, she just not have a personality? Like, she just is quiet in the workroom, doesn't have, like, any standout mm-hmm. moments during challenges. It's like, 
I don't we know. haven't had like, a chance to here? get like deep with Cameron yet, so we don't really like know. I feel like anything about yeah, her. it's just like Cameron's like she's like, just kind of. I've got a right nice now. body, but like I just don't have a personality syndrome. <laughs> yeah, it's like which I think she was just brought on to be the trade of the season, basically. <laughs> Butternality, but. Butternality? I don't know what you're butter. saying. Like butter. Yeah, I don't understand what's happening right like now. Like butterface. Oh. Like a oh, everything I get it now. Is that a reach? That's a reach. Like every, where she's really pretty, every but everything but her personality. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, it took me a while to get there. Me too. I, I'm on the same page now. We tried. I'm, like, I'm here. <laughs> I was like, I think I was like feeling real dumb because I didn't get it, but I'm glad Stoney also was like. Struggling. Yeah, I was struggling with that. <laughs> um, so then, um, you know, we get to see Monique and Blair talking about their skit and Monique mentions like maybe we need a safe word in case oh my she goes God. too far in her scene. The safe word is Vangie, y'all. Which I thought was awesome. Vangie. 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 <laughs> now I really like this pair. Like I had high hopes for this pair as soon as Vix it came out of the Vixen's mouth. I was like, oh, okay, I could see something awesome happening with this. Yeah, because Blair typically does well in acting challenges. Yeah, and, and the Monique does all, and Monique, yeah. the Monique does also. Right, yeah. they both can hold their own very well. Yeah, it's an interesting pair. Uh huh. So I liked it. Yeah. Do you think I was like kind of like wanting thinking like maybe we should take a page out of their book like and maybe like we we need a safe word for when we tape our podcast <laughs> like if if I'm being too extra maybe you guys can just start saying Vangie and then I can like calm down Vangie Vangie yeah Vangie. I like it I like it <laughs> sounds like a plan to me <laughs> all right let's do it watch us <laughs> abuse this <laughs> yeah it's literally turned into just like you two talking <laughs> the whole time <laughs> it's like we get through the intro and you're like Vanjie Vanjie <laughs> shots fired uh, shots fired Vanjie <laughs> Um, so now it's time to film their, you know, their segments on the Bossy Rossi show. Yeah. So this was giving me like, you know, bubblegum Jerry Springer. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like every trashy 90s, <laughs> like Maury, um, Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Yeah. You're just waiting for the wigs know, to fly. Stuff. You are not the father. I... That's my man. <laughs> That's my name. I love. I'm 15. Slut. My mom can't do nothing about it. I'm out of control, teen. I love the Bossy yeah. Rossi show. I want this to like be a staple of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh yes, it needs to be. We were talking about this. Ross was great. It, he's always just so awesome. And we were saying before we started to record, this could be something like Snatch Game. Like yeah. you have to do the Bossy Rossi show every season. I think that would be awesome. I would love to see that every season. That would be great because he's so quick on his feet like he <laughs> well we can get into it with each of the pairs but like he caught a couple of the queens off guard and because it's kind of like Definitely. improv so it's <laughs> yeah. like a test for them and there's so many like with this you can do so many interesting storylines because uh-huh. like how like there's countless oh, yeah. like trashy like daytime show moments <laughs> that you could like replicate on this yeah the content could be endless definitely Let's, so Blair and Monique go first, and 
theirs is about this um, cactus that they're both in love with. (laughs) So Blair's character is married to the cactus. Yeah. Yes. And Monique is like the other woman, the thought lady. She. She she is the thought. I was laughing. so hard when they cut to her backstage and she's like I mean what cactus could resist like she was like it was normal you know it took me out too I was like what is happening on the screen that was such a perfect moment though like to encapsulate you know that that time in in trashy talk show yeah that was that really was the timing of that was perfect and you know Monique plays up any character she's she's putting on very well she does. I was living for it, and then they, you know, they're yelling "Vanjie" in each other's faces. <laughs> oh my gosh! Awesome. Yeah, after they find out that Monique's character is actually the cactus's new fiance. Uh oh! <laughs> so they start. Mine's is bigger. <laughs> so remember, everyone, Vanjie was supposed to be the safe word, but like Blair just shouts it like in comedic anger, and they just start yelling "Vanjie" at each other, and it just works somehow. Yeah. <laughs> That was brilliant. That was yeah. like a really great way to save the scene. Because had she not done that, it might have been a little bit. It, it would have been as yeah, strong as it was. It could have fizzled out, but they kept it strong with that. They did. <laughs> then um, Monet comes out, and I was like living for her look because she was like just typical like '90s, like with her look and her hair and her attitude. I was loving Monet. Oh, yeah. So Monet just looked like maybe she um, just got off the set of Living Single, like maybe dancing. <laughs> I was in. about to say that. Maybe like, I was like that. <laughs> maybe she was dancing in the intro, you know, before the show starts. Yeah. Hell yeah. I was like, she looks like she just walked out of the credits onto the stage. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I think... She- I think she kind of got a little lost in her character. I don't, do you think? I think her problem was, and the judges said this as well, she didn't play it up enough. Like, something as ridiculous as being addicted to eating your own hip pads. <laughs> you you almost have yeah. to be over the top mm-hmm. because people aren't going to buy it otherwise. No, definitely not. I mean, um, think about it. Like, the lady I, who, like, only ate cheesy potatoes or whatever the fuck it was, and then she just, like, <laughs> the smell of broccoli, like, she was ready to throw She up. was, like, throwing up. That was, like, the best episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do, to give Monet some credit, though, I thought a lot of good things happened in the nuances of what she did. You know, it's just, like, a lot of it was just kind of, like, her eye like you know her facial expressions yeah yeah i don't know then uh, we kind of move on i don't who who, it was cameron monet was with cameron cameron was the one that loved like uh smelling the panties or whatever yeah and see the way cameron (laughs) (laughs) the way cameron delivered her character is what monet should have done because you know we were worried for cameron yeah but then cameron comes out on stage and she's giving you like superstar you know when she throws her fingertips in her armpits and smells them like (laughs) as soon as Cameron started sniffing those pantyhose that's immediately what I thought about so I was loving Cameron's performance (laughs) 
Yeah, Cameron was good. She kind of did. She did steal the scene, unfortunately, for Monet. Yeah, which Monet was probably just not expecting <laughs> because <laughs> because Cameron's so boring. Maybe typically. she was caught off guard. She didn't know how to respond. <laughs> She's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, they got um, through it though. And the next, they did <laughs> somehow. <laughs> um, and then next we have um, mayhem. And Ms. Cracker. Oh, yes. So Mayhem's character was deathly afraid of pickles. Mm-hmm. She was, yeah. And Ms. Cracker was a special doctor to help her get over her fear. Dr. Dill. Dr. Dill. But actually, she was really a pickle. Yes, she is actually <laughs> a pickle in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cute. Like, I... This was the best one. Yeah, I like I like the, the box, and it was just like hilarious how she like was promoting her book. I know. Yeah, and Ross didn't get it either. Ross was like, "Oh, uh, Ms. Cracker is like not sure what she's doing." It's like I think you just don't understand what's going on, Ross. Like, yeah, I think for that's what people did. Yeah, and I think for like all the judges, I think it came together later mm-hmm. because Miss Cracker Probably, is so funny. Yeah. Like when she took off that coat and she was like trying to chase uh, Mayhem, but it looked like <laughs> she's doing football drills <laughs> yeah. as a pickle well, in I, heels. <laughs> well i thought that was really funny because it reminded like this seems like a really like you know for for me my the lens i was seeing this through was very like 90s like in a 90s bubble Uh so i was i thought that that character and what went on like that could have been you know dr dill the pickle (laughs) could have been a character like off hey arnold or something oh my gosh yeah yeah that's how I, I saw it. Like, when I was watching it, I kind of saw it in animated Hey Arnold. Like Nickelodeon form. animation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, 90s animation. And Mayhem had, like, you know, a very 90s look similar to Monet's. Yes, yes. You know, um, s- specifically, Mayhem was giving me, like, this sort of, like, Regina Hall yes, from Scary yeah, Movie. Yeah, the braids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it's like, she even had, like, the same hair that, uh, in you know, in the, in the, that she was wearing in Scary Movie. Yeah. Like, and that's a good call out. Also, the uh-huh. same, <laughs> this, the same wig that also Thorgy had for All Stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know. I was just living for this whole combo right here. It was here. good. That was my just, favorite. It doesn't take much for Miss Cracker to make me laugh. <laughs> She's just hilarious. She really, Ms. Cracker's really been winning me over like last week and then this week. So, I'm like really on on team Ms. Cracker. Yes. I know it was like kind of like a little bit wobbly initially, but I'm I'm on board yeah, now. Yeah, I like her. Officially. Yay, welcome. <laughs> Do I get a membership card now, or you're gonna get a Miss Cracker keychain in the mail? Yes, girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for it every Did day. Did you after see school. those? They're actually kind of cute. It just looks like a saltine cracker, and then it's got pink letters in the corner that says Miss Cracker. That's really yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't That's see cute. That. I might. That. I might buy one. <laughs> I'll connect that to my pepper spray. People <laughs> look at my keys like, what the fuck. <laughs> What the there's heck? A, Why has he got a cracker? There's a Black Panther pop figure and a cracker. Mm-hmm. Girl, you Rachel Dozial or whatever. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> oh, hell no. She's like, uh-huh. Rachel Dozial fake. Fuck She's like, I'm that. the Black Panther Miss Cracker girl. Listen, okay, no. Yeah. No, maybe I'll buy, maybe I'll buy the Miss Cracker keychain for the mailbox key. I changed my mind. 
Oh God, we like bullied Jamal into not buying it. <laughs> Society's getting you to can me. Have your mis- you can have your Ms. Cracker keychain if you want it, girl. Don't let nobody tell you different. Thanks, girl. <laughs> um, so let's see. Oh, um, the last duo, right? Yeah. So we did Ms. Cracker, the pickle, and actually, you know, I love their scene so much. If all of our listeners look under your iPads, oh you get a pickle, and you get a pickle, oh my God. and you get a pickle. I hope you enjoy our pickle that we sent you. <laughs> You're welcome. We we pre-sent these like three weeks ago, so it might not be fresh anymore. <laughs> Lori, put down the pickle. Put down the pickle. Pizza okay, Planet, no. put the pickle away. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Pizza Planet wouldn't do that. She knows better. JK, Pizza Planet. <laughs> we love you, Maurizio. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, um, the next we have the vixen and asia so they have to be really good because the vixen was being so shady in her pairings oh yeah okay so this i was not living for this performance vixen was terrible asia was the looks just really as polished. terrible i mean it's just like it's again it's kind of like an improv challenge but you should still be somewhat put together it just look kind of looked lazy to me I hated everything. They kind of winged it. I, yeah, <laughs> I hated it all. They I hated everything about it. it. They were um, there was mention of all these cues. All the cues were missed. I think. Yeah, I, there was either cues or maybe they hadn't agreed on cues. Maybe there, I feel like there was just a lot of misunderstanding, and maybe had they rehearsed, uh-huh. they would have had a better time in this scene. and come on again this is kind of like an acting challenge like why wouldn't you rehearse like especially if you're going into a challenge being shady like bitch you better have all your eyes dotted and your t's yeah. crossed yeah and we can we just like clock those serving your best beyonce i know like they those, just pulled them out of the they bag. were terrible like those were bad the wi- the wig reveals those wigs were like a little bit better but still pretty horrible <laughs> and then they a couple times showed the vixen's face beat very closely yeah girl that was not good i'm telling you, can you say she just like maybe fell asleep on the makeup counter and then just went on stage the vixen needs to find her like supplementary colors lit for her eyes <laughs> yeah this is all like, bad her eyebrows were not good like you could barely they weren't i feel like a good eyebrow is well defined um and hers were not and i thought that she should have eye makeup all the way up to the bottom of her eyebrows which it was not it was very like so. you said it was very like thrown together like this is like what you get if you put in a quarter into the machine and you're like in one of those claw machines and you get like the Raggedy Ann doll. No. Except it's the Vixen. <laughs> yeah. Gross. I feel like that's what I would look like. I'd rather I, get I Chucky, like I... you know, at least his shit, his lace front was straight, you know? Yeah, at least Chucky had his lace front on the right, so... <laughs> so i mean i feel like the vixen's makeup was like the same quality i could do for my first time trying to do drag makeup jesus christ <laughs> like that's the quality i was getting and i feel like it's like that pretty much every week like i don't and, and even in we can talk about it more in untucked but even blair mentions it who is mm-hmm. a, i guess a you know friends with the vixens yeah yeah uh, suppose they're on friendly terms they haven't fought yet right 
until she hears about this. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Next week, it's going down. Oh, God. <laughs> Next week did look really dramatic from the previews. So I'm, like, really nervous. I haven't seen the previews. Oh. It was just, it like, at the end of the episode, girl. You didn't You didn't stay till the end of the episode. Did you even watch the end of the show? We did. Who won? We just, Who won this episode? <laughs> we, just, we watched Drag Race in a different format that I will not disclose on this podcast oh my gosh you watch it from reverse to beginning yes i watch it backwards in a mirror what and then it all comes together people are gonna think you're like the exorcist over here but watching tv the The what yeah basically This is like the requiem of a dream. Oh. Like way to watch <laughs> Drag Race. <laughs> I'm glad I made you repeat it. You cut out for a second. Um. So who's the? F- yeah, we, we lost you for. We a haven't second. talked about the final one yet, Eureka. We're yeah, we're going into the last duo, but basically, big the Vixen and um Asia's grouping it just ended in a hot mess. The Vixen ran off stage and it just kind of awkwardly ended. Yeah. But um, they didn't plan, they it. Didn't plan it. <laughs> and then it ends with Asia saying, oh, we should have rehearsed. Which you would have thought somebody like Asia <laughs> would be pushing the Vixen to rehearse. I know. The, the Asia's always well prepared. You know, and I, I don't know what that was about. But the last duo, Aquaria and Eureka... Yes, I like them a lot. This was an, this was like one of the top twos for me. Yes, same mm-hmm. here. At first, I was like, "Oh, good God!" Like when the Vixen or when um Eureka came out, like <laughs> just wearing next to nothing. I was like, "Girl, oh, I like know. props to you, Mama," because I would not have that. Courage. Talk about like mad confidence, and it worked because she knew what she had to do, and that's you know what. Yeah. What somebody on this show should be doing, stepping out of their comfort zone, doing the things that scare them, and look at it. It pays out, paid off. Because it was so Definitely. funny. Her and Aquaria played off of each other well. You can kind of tell Eureka mm-hmm. stole that show, but Eureka, Aquaria held her own. She did, because Aquaria gave us, you know, like a nod to last season's iconic Linda Evangelista yeah, line. Yeah, oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> So I like that she did that. Even her intro um, to Ross gave- with the baby voice. Hello, Ross. <laughs> Ross yeah. is like, oh, I hello. Was like, she, you know, Ross was not expecting that. <laughs> no, he wasn't. I, I um, love the part, though, whenever, like, during it, like, they're, like, something about, like, I've moved on from Michael. Oh, and yeah. And then um, they're like, yeah. you're the baby. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the baby. Uh, the, what did they say about the stroller? Oh, my God, because it took me out both times. He was like, he pushed you in a stroller. I've not been pushing you in that stroller, baby. Yeah, stroller. Oh, he pushed me all over. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, this is getting interesting. <laughs> they just did so well. They are definitely top two for me. Same. Um, so now we go back. They're going to get ready for the runway. Mm-hmm. So the look this week is denim and diamonds, which is kind of random. I don't like it. I think it, it kind of goes with the Shania Twain being, you know, oh, being against Judge. Yeah. It's a very nice kind of Yeah, I think it makes sense for the guests. It was just okay. not my fave because yeah, it's same. just kind of like, ugh, denim. Mm-hmm. Britney and Justin did that in the early 2000s at the MTV VMAs already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like, that's like, I don't know, the fun part of like drag is it's not people wearing jeans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? I think I see this at Target. 
Yeah, like <laughs> I don't need to go see the Target collection, you know. Like every every mom like in Indiana still dresses like this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um so the big thing that kind of comes is um mayhem trying to bring the Vixen and Eureka together. Oh, yeah, shady corner. Sisterhood. Yeah, I didn't even know there was a shady corner, but now the shady corner is fighting you, you know each other. That's not uh-huh. right. So Mayhem basically gets the girls to talk and you know Eureka kind of opens up first and goes into like a little about a little bit about who she is and why she is the way she is and you know the perception of who people thought Eureka was based on what they saw in season nine because we know the Vixen mm-hmm. said, Well, this is who I was trying to ignore, you know, being a little underhanded. So, um, but in this moment, you know, the Vixen did interact eventually, but I think Eureka was setting the example of what it is to man up, woman up, whatever you want to call it, and deal with shit Mm -hmm. like adults. Well, yeah, because even, you know, Eureka maybe didn't quite remember her exact wording was like, thought that she said she was tired of hearing you all, not specifically calling mm -hmm, out the Vixen. mm But the vixen heard you, so it's like I don't real I don't remember exactly the wording, right. but even Eureka was still like the bigger person yeah. and was like, you know, it could have happened that way, yeah. and then the vixen couldn't even accept her basically agreeing. Yeah, yeah. Like even at the end of <laughs> that like, exchange, I, you know, the vixen she shared a little bit about why she pops off so quickly. Honestly, I don't even really remember what she said, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, but um. Even at the end of the whole exchange, she was just kind of like, thanks, girl. I still have my reservations. It's like, can you just say thank you? Like, we don't need to know. We don't need any more of your notes. Just have a good moment. I mean, the book sound is just annoying. Like, I'm so over, like, her excuses. (laughs) She's canceled. Yeah, like, I'm just like, girl, bye. I don't listen to anything you say. Like, I I want her to work through whatever her issues are so we we can see her slay the way I'm sure she planned to. But, you know, the negativity, it just doesn't work. I thought this was going to be the Vixen's redemption mm-hmm. story Me arc. Too. Um, where she, you know, she kind of, we get to fa- hear her backstory. And I did sympathize a little bit with her, but it just, like, didn't really seem that, I don't know. It was just very confusing. Like, because it felt like she had a reason for the way she was, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's not fully realized yet. I always yeah. say this when I watch um, shows with people, with characters or personalities like this. I wish that we could watch the people on the show watching the show for the first time and just see how they react <laughs> to themselves. I would just love yeah. to see, you know, how the vixen reacts to what she sees of herself well, on TV. She probably thinks she's like the bomb. <laughs> she's the best thing ever. <laughs> I'm just curious because um, some people would be like, oh my gosh, I was terrible. Or, oh wow, I really was this way. Whichever way it was, yeah. you know, not everybody's bad. Definitely. And um, Gatos says this, I'm glad they were able to both say how much they, or how they felt and air it out. And it seems like they understand each other and can can relate in some ways. I'm glad Mayhem pushed them both to talk about or to talk to talk it out after they had both calmed mm-hmm. down which i agree with i'm glad they both talked about it and that you know there was a mostly positive ending to this drama yes <laughs> yes i agree gatos yes thanks girl yeah, thanks for coming um 
<laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> Let's see. So we kind of get to see all that stuff. So this was my kind of a little bit of my question was, is the Vixen being aggressive because it is white queens coming for her? Because, you know, based on her South Chicago-ness and her black women Mm -hmm. you know standing up for a black women storyline that we saw earlier like if a black queen came after her would she react the same way what do you do you think i think honestly that she does she may let a queen of color a black queen get away with a little more um i don't know if she sees the white queens as targets or if she just sees you know the other black queens it's just people who are like her so she's a little softer a little more open yeah. because they can relate more to her um but i think that's part of it do i think it's malicious i'm not 100 percent sure like i don't i don't mm-hmm. think there's been anything that the vixens put off that said i'm just gonna do this because they're white queens i just think sometimes when you are a black person or a white person you're going to relate more to people who look like you or have similar backgrounds so uh, maybe there's just yeah. like a tinge smidge more of openness with the uh, black queen so she lets them get away with a little bit more i i kind of agree i just you know just as far as the optics i was like i was just trying to understand myself like if it wasn't white queens because you know she said she's sticking up for black women and you know doesn't like the angry black woman tag yeah you know like i was like is is that why she's getting is she going so balls to the wall Mm -hmm. um you know that because they're white like i don't know Well, that's why i say it's not it's probably not a hundred percent because you know part of the vixen's message is standing up for you know black people and the message and um equality fully you know for everybody so maybe that is part of it at what percentage i don't know well, I like that part of the Vixen's message, but I don't think I really know what the Vixen's message is at this well, point. Well, no. So. We only got that in like, her <laughs> promo story. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the Vixen... She had a good setup for a great story. I think line, the Vixen's but, problem yeah. is she's just immature. She doesn't know how to handle conflict in a proper way. Like, and I think she'll mature over time, but definitely during the filming, yeah. she was not in a mature <laughs> space no mm-hmm. um so now let's just quickly talk about the denim and diamonds runway like maybe just who do you think was the best or who did you like the best um so i actually really enjoyed asia's look it was just like very game of thrones if there was some random like black tribe somewhere in king's near king's landing and they were like y'all yeah. stay over there that crazy bitch seriously is coming over here to steal my denim looks. I think, yeah, I think yeah. Asia's I my, my favorite. And then probably second was, um, I really liked Eureka's, which usually I'm not like Eureka's a jumpsuit fan, yeah. but this one I liked. It was well done. It was just really well put together. Makeup, like the, the hair. Yeah. yeah. All of it just worked. I agree. And and I also think Blair did really good too. Blair St. Clair was really good for me. Like she was like bringing her Indiana mom vibe to the <laughs> runway. Oh my gosh. So I did I think Blair's look was cute. I wish that maybe like the uh, bustier was maybe more like diamond tinted, not like really like, mm-hmm. gold. But I you know I mm-hmm. love giant hair, so I was here for that. Hell yeah. I thought <laughs> um Monique's was like 
like terrible. <laughs> Monique. You didn't like her brown cow It was print? like so disorganized, like nothing matched. Like here's what Monique the needs cow to do. print. Like the, girl, get it together. Before she walks out on the runway, she needs to take off one item and then go out there. She just needs to edit down. Yeah, she needs to. Yeah, I don't care what it is. Shoes, um, jacket, pick one. Take one off and then go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have like a question though about the judges. Like, who is Carrie Preston, and why did she come out dressed as a yoga mom with blinged out nails? Well, I like I don't understand who she is. I don't is. know who Carrie Preston is really, but she was on The Good Wife and hilarious. She's on the Good Wife. she's actually a really funny actress. She um I was first familiarized with her on True Blood. Actually, she played one of the um. The waitresses oh. and I watched that series like three times. These are all shows like I don't watch, so I'm just like so oblivious. But she <laughs> was she awesome is. on The Good Wife, and um, she's in that show Claws with Niecy Nash currently, which I haven't seen any of, but I really want to start watching it. Well, I don't understand her look, so I felt like she needed to be red. So, well, I yeah, <laughs> she could have her her nails were definitely the most exciting part of her outfit. Definitely, <laughs> and like, do you think? That Shania, like, did anyone else think that Shania Twain looked completely uncomfortable like the entire time? <laughs> I, I thought maybe she looked like she, maybe allegedly stoned. I just I haven't seen Shania Twain in like twenty years, so I'm like, where have you been? No, uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's been feeling like a woman or something. <laughs> so we liked Asia. We liked Blair. Anybody else that were our favorites in this category? Um, I think those were probably the best. So who do we like the least then? Monique, Vixen. Vixen. Uh, Vixen's was actually, yeah, I didn't dislike it, but I thought, you know, it would have looked... They praised her a lot. It would have looked much better if she, like, taken another waist. I didn't like it. Like, it looked just too much, like, and maybe the the cinching would have helped, but I don't know. It just wasn't... I didn't like the dress. I didn't either. I like the, well, I love like a mermaid dress, but so I thought like if it were maybe polished a little more, it would have been great. See, and I don't typically like mermaid dresses, so uh. I think that's probably where it is, where it lies. <laughs> I just don't like, I just don't like, because I feel like they just, the queens always just look like, uh-huh. I mean, like when they walk down the runway. Yeah. And uh, uh, also, Monet's was like complete trash. Monet, she's just so frustrating. The one thing that kind of did make me uncomfortable during the deliberation is when, you know, when they're doing the critiques and they are giving, it seemed like they were giving Vixen like the bitter black queen edit when Eureka was getting all this praise because they kept, you know, cutting to the Vixen giving stink like faces. And I was like, it kind of made me a little bit uncomfortable with how hard they were hammering that in. Uh, I don't know. I so think the really... Vixen set that up on herself though, because she went into her bossy Rossi idea with the intention of, you know, making fun of these two other queens and it fell flat and it just so happened that, you know, that queen's team was winning, so you reap what you sow. Yeah, I, I think she just kind of walked into that. I didn't really see it that way either. I was I mean um, I, I don't know. I thought it for a split second, I'm not gonna lie, but then I thought, you know what? She set this up herself. She she did yeah. this to I herself. Mean, this is karma at work. I just think that's what always happens. Like they have like a storyline for the episode, like based off what happened in the yeah. challenge, like and they're gonna show reaction shots mm-hmm. because Eureka mm-hmm. won. The B roll. Yeah. <laughs> 
And um, and then, you know, of course, I was really there for the moment between Michelle Visage and Rue. You know, the whole Vanjie thing. Oh, my thing gosh. <laughs> that was good. I just love seeing Rue laugh because she doesn't always show much emotion. So whenever Michelle gets Rue laughing, it just is like warms my dead little Well, heart. if you listen to like Rue's podcasts or interviews, she's always talking about how much production goes into like getting her ready. And she'll, she will always say, I have this system of um, pulleys and weights that hold my hair on. <laughs> so if I laugh too hard, my hair can like snap out of place. So that's oh, no. why like whenever Michelle is making her laugh and she's like, Michelle, you better stop. Michelle, you better stop. I'm like, oh my yeah, God, is her wig like... about to snap off? It's going to come off. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we would see that, but... No, of course not. If you hear Rue talk about it all the time, it's just like the first thing on my mind whenever Rue's laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so this week Eureka wins. She wins. Bottom well deserved. Two. Yes. The bottom two are Monet and Mayhem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now, you know, we get an iconic another iconic lip sync to Shania Twain's Mayhem. I feel like Yeah, Mayhem. and I thought it was so cool that, you know, Shania gave rights to her song for this show but she hasn't for not even shows like the voice or american idol yeah we were yep. watching the fashion review i think and raven was like pointing yeah, that out i thought that was really awesome i was hoping that it would be this song and it came through for me yes. and i was like all right let's do this because what other song would it be there are plenty of other options but yeah. this has to be it <laughs> but uh, yeah it was not only one of her best songs, but like one of the ones that applied the most to this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the lip sync performance itself. I have like thoughts on this because I was yes, super I saw. annoyed. <laughs> Give me your notes, Tony, because you did not tweet. I tweeted the people. What do you have to say? Well, I'm just annoyed because when did the lip sync competition become who can take off the most shit? The fucking strip. Because keys. I honestly did not think Monet deserved to win because. All she did was pulled off her wig, started pulling off clothes. I wasn't impressed by any of her moves. Did like, I miss a lyric? Like, why was there hairspray involved? There was hairspray f- for so for no effing reason. And then also... I think it was pertaining to the lyrics at that Okay, point. that's that's why I asked. <laughs> okay. That's why I asked. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Maybe, but... <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was a mess, and I well, felt like Mayhem like captured Nick. the spirit of the song. Uh-huh. <laughs> I felt like Mayhem performed it more, and she caught the spirit of the song more. Um, Nick, our resident hetero, said he felt like Mo- Monet's lip sync was all over the place and not cohesive at all. And I think that's how I felt as well. It was a hot mess. It was just all over the place for me. Like, give me a performance. I don't care about you pulling all of your rabbits out of the hat, what else can you do? Yeah, see, the only thing that I really didn't like about Monet's performance was her air guitar. Like, I just felt personally attacked again. <laughs> that was just disrespectful, wasn't it? Yeah, we've talked about this, Monet. <laughs> the only good, at least she only did it once. Yuhua did it so three many times, times, and that was atrocious. I guess I just didn't <laughs> see what was so funny about like her like smoking a joint or whatever either. See, and tripping over her failed jumpsuit. Yeah, see, I was I was living for Monet, <laughs> so it's like what was she so doing like, though? Like, how's that? Okay, like, a how was your perspective? So her performance for me was her riding a motorcycle with her butch, you know, uh, dykes on bikes wig, uh-huh. and 
um and she was you know riding her motorcycle and then she gets off her motorcycle and she gives us the little cigarette flick right in the exact same moment uh-huh. as this in the song where she, where we get the sigh okay and so now she's kind of like just like camping up the like man i feel like a woman uh-huh. thing so i just thought it was i liked that you know she okay like so you had the silly. full picture okay this sounds okay. like i was going along for the story I got you, bro. This I got sounds you. like a fan fiction that somebody <laughs> just made up <laughs> I loved Monet's, but I do not want to discredit Mayhem at all because her performance was also amazing. Yeah. Like she was giving Mayhem was giving more of like a traditional lip uh-huh. sync and in like a very cowgirl. Like I was loving all her kicks. Maybe this her, says something uh, more about us as viewers, like traditional versus more well all the various genres yeah i'm just not a fan of monet and that's part of the reason i was annoyed because (laughs) i feel like monet has done nothing for me this season like you did this well i live for monet's lip syncs for sure (laughs) like her lip syncs are incredible i don't know i love monet's i think with this one for me i'm just like come on like you have to do something for me like i've been excited for you since the promos like i was most excited for you and this is all yeah. you've given me. Like, I'm ready to give up. Where are you? And Stoney's like, bye, girl. Well, I'm just like, thank <laughs> you for contributing the sponge dress, but it's time to, like, go. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Monet. You're done. <laughs> I don't know. I love Monet. She's the become the lip sync assassin of the season. So everyone should watch out. I guess. Worst season ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> <laughs> don't come for Monet. I love her lip syncs. I don't know, but I get it though because it is two different schools of lip sync. Mm-hmm. So it's like which mm-hmm. wins. But did you guys just hear Monet yelling in the background of the performance the whole time? Like Monique was just like, ah! oh yeah, Monique, yeah, yeah. I did hear. I did catch that. <laughs> and you, you can see like Ms. Cracker like dancing in the background. Yeah. Like everyone was loving the lip sync. Like I just heard them all cackling. Yeah, everybody like, seemed to be yes, really queen. into it. Which is always yeah, fun. Like it. as a performer, like when you're on stage, you want to feel that kind of energy. That's yeah. It was looked like a good time. Absolutely. And then you know, of course, Monet wins and mayhem goes home so i think they were both in the bottom to the same amount of time so it was kind of a toss-up mm-hmm. and but i did like mayhem's exit line it's like don't tell no one or don't let anyone tell you that you're not beautiful because you know how the gays can be so judgmental yeah. i like that she was being like the queen of the people yeah, yeah i, I love like the that. way mayhem left the show it's um very classy lady. and she's just a very positive person i felt mm-hmm. like watching her on tv she's just a very pleasant like positive person that you mm-hmm. just like could see yourself hanging out with. I am a fan of Mayhem yeah, for sure. I am too. Like I wish she could have gone more, um, you know. But at the same time, like she did with the time she was on, she did good things. I agree. And she gave some great lip syncs. For, yeah. Um, for us to watch. Yeah, later. she did. She did. With that, I think we are pretty much at the end of our main episode recap. Yes. So if you are new to the show and you liked what you've heard, feel free to like and uh, comment on our iTunes. Whenever we do get an iTunes review, we will read yes, them. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we are also on SoundCloud, Stitcher, 
Google Play Google and Play. Overcast. So please leave comments there yes. too. I don't know. The sun's shining right now. It's not overcast. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I caught that Bye. one. Um, <laughs> Bye. And also catch us um, at TFC Pod on all social media. And for also behind the scenes fun. Also use offer code TFC Pod next time you go through a Wendy's <laughs> or a McDonald's drive-through. Working on others. Yeah, and if you can. <laughs> If you can tweet Wendy's and, and um, ask them what the update to where our money is for promoting them so much, that'd be great too. Yeah. Off, At Wendy's. Offer code TFC Fresh, pod. never frozen. <laughs> for TFC pod. <laughs> All right, you guys. Check in on Wednesday. We'll be back with Untucked. And until then, thanks for coming. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.